Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 486 for June 19th, 2019. On today's show, vocalist Claudia Acuna. This week's show is sponsored by Brian from Toronto and Mike from Sandy Hook, the most recent people to become members. If you'd like to help me keep making the Jazz Session for years to come, join today for just five bucks a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Claudia Acuna is back with her first album under her own name in 10 years. It's fabulous. It's called Turning Pages, and it begins like this. Agüita de corazón para pasar la pena. Eclipse de luna en cualquier Agüita de corazón pa' pasar la pena Son ilusiones que vienen y van I'm very excited to welcome to this show, but kind of back to uh, to my airwaves since I've I've spoken with her many times over the years. One of my all-time favorite singers, and I, I don't say that lightly, and just all-time favorite musicians in general, uh, Claudia Acuna. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, Jason, thank you so much. I didn't know I was one of your favorite. Now I'm like really like, oh my god. <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity to. A little bit come back to the, you know, the, the audio uh, friends who listen to the show and follow this beautiful music. Well, it is very true to say you're you're one of my favorite musicians and have been since the very first time I heard you. Uh, I used to live in uh, Rochester, New York, and I worked at a, a jazz radio station there and. Uh, played a lot of your music then, and you used to sometimes come to Rochester and play, which uh, was amazing, so I had some chances to see you live. And uh, one of the things that uh, that jumps out on your new album, which is called Turning Pages, is that you still have the same and maybe even stronger uh, brave commitment to incredible honesty in music and I think that's the thing that has always attracted me to your music the most is that when I listen to you sing and listen to the the arrangements and the songs that you write I always feel like I'm getting this really intimate look at who you are deep down as a human being and I think that's that's really great because I you know that's to me what music should be about is about communicating communicating the truths of who we are as people. So I guess I wanted to ask you just to begin, um, can you talk about this album, Turning Pages, and you you wrote a ton of the music on it. Uh, can you maybe talk about that process of, of writing the songs um, for this album? Um, 
This was a, it's been a very interesting process because I've never have taken the chance this far of having so many of my own compositions in an album. I always throw one very shy, you know, and this has been the longest that I have been without releasing an album. And with that, the process of it has not been just towards this record. It, and that's why I think I call it turning pages because I'm a slow reader, especially now with motherhood. But even before, I don't read a book in a weekend, you know? And I feel like this is sort of a way to show the process that I've been through writing and collecting and feeling comfortable with each song, especially when it comes to writing, which I always remember something that Chick Corea said to a group of us many years ago, how fascinating it was for him to, and the possibility actually for all of us as musicians or artists to make something from nothing. You know what I mean? Like take a story, take some words, uh, a melody, chords, a rhythm, and it becomes this song, this this piece of music that tells uh, a story, you know, either something very personal or maybe something that you observe or something that you heard and that make you feel in a certain way that triggers you the urge to write about it. And the record are songs that I started writing when I was about to give birth almost eight years ago into songs that I wrote in the period that we were getting closer to going in the studio. So um, it's like a book in a way that each song has a chapter in my life. Even the ones that I didn't write, it's two songs that I didn't write, uh, but they're very, very important in the process. People, I'm sure, will refer to this record as a comeback, even though it's the case that you've been recording throughout a lot of this time with other people. Um, but I'm, right. I wonder what it feels like for you. Uh, this is the first record under your own name in a decade. Um, mm-hmm. How have people reacted even to it existing, to you telling them, hey, I've got a new record out? Um, I have different feedback. In general, people have been very kind 
very excited, very encouraged that I came with this. And a little, some of them a little surprised that I'm not in any label. Uh, in general, um, with the efforts that I've been able to make, uh, I've gotten nothing but an amazing feedback. Um, things can get a little slower because in a way, I'm coming back, even though I haven't gone that far. <laughs> I just haven't put a record on my own, you know. Um, but, um, I feel like it's a hello to all the people that knew me and follow me and like my work. And also it's an introduction to who I am to people that maybe had no idea I, I exist, uh, in the business. Um, it's a challenge to be independent, um, uh, which is very different than, then, um, you know, not, not being on a label, you know. Will you talk about that? What it's been like, you know, doing this yourself? I mean, you, you, you wrote the music, you released the record, you're controlling the whole thing from beginning, <laughs> beginning to end, which, you know, I think to a lot of people sounds great to have control over it, but it also means that everything that happens with this record happens because you make it happen. There's, there's not somebody working behind the scenes. Can you talk about that decision or the reality of it? Oh, it's two things that it happens because even though I'm, it looks like I'm doing it by myself, I'm not. Uh, as you know, none of us can do things on our own. And behind this is a producer, which is Juan Herrera and my guitar player for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years and a dear friend, someone who I can say is a similar relationship of what I have with Jason Lindner um, at, at, for all my other records and then my band and my brother who was here at the time and helped me to cook all the food that we brought to the studio. Um, I was very encouraged by... Uh, the stories of Ray Charles and Prince, and then more close to my reality and colleagues of mine and friends, Edmar Castaneda, Elio Villafranca, colleagues and friends who have taken the chance to do this independently. And I was very afraid, very, very afraid. And I'm still in this, because this is, is a, is a, way of seeing the business that we don't get to see unless you take this chance. And for that reason, you appreciate more the work behind a record, which when you're signed with a label and the way, for example, I was so blessed and lucky to be part of the last era uh, of the labels, you know, signed by Verve with the old school and before all the digital world came and make all the changes and then going to Max Jazz and then Bramford's label um, is a very different situation because there's a lot of details in production and budget and the studio and many things that I was not as aware as I am right now. And the fear that you jumping into something that I don't know how I didn't know. Um, 
in the chase to just say, okay, this time I'm not going to go with any label and I'm going to really follow the footsteps of some of my colleagues and all my masters and just let's do it (laughs) without knowing a lot about it and knowing some and going ahead with uh, things that other colleagues of yours who have done it before can can so kindly share with you to at least not make the same mistake that they, they make because, you know, you make mistakes no matter what. We're humans. <laughs> and I've never been, I'm a musician. I'm not a business person or a record industry, you know. I've never worked on that side of the business. So it's been very nerve-wracking, scary, exciting, uh, empowering, and I'm still dealing with that and learning because, you know, we released a record, but that doesn't mean the work has stopped. It has continued. And because there's not a label behind you, you have to be behind your own record and knock doors, knock windows every day to try to get your, your material somewhere where it can be heard and hopefully be on tour again and, and have the space that maybe some other artists will have before you because there's a label behind. And I, I, I was the person who was that blessed to have a label behind. And they have a whole um, machine that they, they manage that is an artist, or at least I can speak for myself. I didn't know. I'm learning as I'm walking into this um, new experience. But I'm excited too, because I think it's important to know. Um, I wish I knew more then as I know now about the business and the process and a lot of things that at the time I really didn't know. I was just an excited kiddo that I could not believe a label was interested on in signing me, <laughs> you know? Estrella fugaz cayó en el jardín. Una estrella fugaz cayó en el jardín. Pero su luz se apagó ay, 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 de mí. Pero su luz se apagó ay, ay. De ti. Todos pidieron deseos sinceros, todos pidieron deseos enteros, todos a ella aferraron ideas, pero su luz se apagó ahí. Ciertas noches en que suele surcar el cielo una estrella No le dan vista al asombro a aquellos hombres que en su... And you're also doing this at the same time as you're raising a child, which 
those two things together yeah. i mean there's a there's a way in which making an album is is like you know giving birth but there's also a way in which it's very much not and so you're doing it while also doing the real thing at the same time uh can you just right and yeah before we started recording we were talking a little bit about the fact that there's not a lot of, of a safety net in this country for women in any professional pursuit it's it's very very difficult to to maintain any kind of a career if you also make the choice to become a mother which a is awful and b is true and so i'm just curious can you talk a little bit about the experience of navigating a studio and rehearsals and getting the musicians together and working on the music yourself and the mastering while you're also you know dropping your child off at school and picking him up and, you know, making dinner right. and making lunches and all those things. Can you talk about that? What that's been right. like? Um, I always remember having a conversation with Jerry Allen many years ago before I could even think about becoming a mother. And then a quick conversation with Eliana Elias and then with Mausha singers. They're, you know, have colleagues of mine that have been mothers before me. And I always remember all of them used to tell me, as soon as you give birth to that baby, you take him everywhere. So he can learn and get used to immediately the noise, the people, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I did. And in this process, my child was, we rehearsed at home because I have all the equipment, piano, drums, and he was so sweet. He was trying to help. Um, he has his favorite song in the record. Um, he didn't come to the studio, and I was very grateful that my brother was here at the time visiting from Chile, and he was helping me a lot with that, picking him up at school and cooking dinner and helping me. But because of I have been singing and I was performing a week before I was given birth, and as he was born, I started bringing him everywhere. <laughs> He's he. I'm a, I'm a very lucky mom because he's just so amazing, and um, he was so excited and proud of me. He was like, "Mommy, I'm so proud of you." He was here when we took the pictures for the record, that we went in the rooftop of my building, and as I'm getting ready, makeup and all those things with all the people who came to help me. He's getting ready to go to school, and a friend of mine, another mom is taking him to school. You become part of a community of mothers and other people who are sensitive or have experienced uh, the same as you. And I became part of a community of mothers and parents who have been very, very supportive. Um, I was just very surprised when I was pregnant that a few people, they were like, oh, my God, you look, oh, you're pregnant. This is so great. Congratulations. Wow. But your career is done now. And I was so afraid because you may think you know a lot of things about motherhood and everything, but you don't know until you have that child in your arms and the, and the rest come with the territory. I was just very surprised that some people 
told me that, that because of motherhood, I could say goodbye to my career. And I don't know if it's been my own process and the fact that I don't, I'm independent and other things that have happened. It's been a challenge. I don't, I, I've been kind of in ways reinventing myself and again, knocking on doors, hoping for things to, um, to have a chance, you know, and I'm wondering sometimes if other mothers, artists have a similar experience or it's just uh, my current personal experience in the process of all this. It really speaks to our opinion of what women are capable of in this society that someone would say, you know, once you've had a child, your career is dead. Well, first of all, it speaks to the realities of how we treat women in this society, but also to, uh, I think, a real lack of imagination about what people are capable of and also about what kids are capable of. Like, the a, a child existing does not mean that you can't do the things you did. It just means you have to do them more creatively, certainly, and maybe you can't spend all of the time that you did before. But I think it's kind of wonderful for a child to get to see an artistic parent at work. I mean, that seems like an amazing thing, an amazing gift. Not only, yeah, not only that, it's what you give to them. You know, you expose them to a world that many children don't get exposed so early in their life. You know, I mean, Daniel, uh, we were in Panama at the Panama Jazz Festival, and as I'm performing, who's holding him in his shoulder watching me perform? Ruben Blades. And I'm like, my kid has no idea who is. Who is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's <laughs> like Miles there, Davis you know, watching having... your baby or something. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Or that we go to Lincoln Center and he's hanging out with so-and-so and and he's reading his dogman book to, you know, a legend in the music and he's completely engaged to this kid. Or that he comes to work with me and the sound man is like, come with me in the booth and you can help me. And he's helping the stuff and putting water and you make him part of it so the kids start building their personality and their confidence. And God knows we need that right now in the world we live in. Children with confidence and kindness and exposed to to the art and the possibilities that I've been having to show him some other parts of this country or or the world through the through the music. You know, regardless of what he might become, I'm not saying he has to be a musician, but you know, you know what I mean. (laughs) Let's take a break from the music to talk about membership. I've been recording conversations with jazz musicians since 2007. I think it's really important work, I think it's important to document this music, and I think that documentation deserves public support. In fact, your support. I'd like to be able to do the jazz session for my living. And if you agree that the jazz session is worth supporting, you can become a member today for just $5 a month at thejazzsession.com join. You'll get a monthly bonus show, early access to every episode, and a yearly gift. 
Also, the summer hiatus is just a few weeks away, and while there will be a few things in the main feed during July and August, members will get the majority of the content during the hiatus. Join today so you don't miss out. Did you know that fewer than 1% of the people who listen to this show are members? As a matter of fact, if every person listening to my voice right now joined, I could do this for my living. Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it, really, when you put it like that? I know. So join today, and now back to the episode. I wouldn't mind. Love is tearful, or it's gay, it's a problem, or it's plain, it's a heartache, either way, but be Now, let me ask you an, an honest question. So I've had I've had three main careers while my kids have been alive. I was a radio DJ when uh-huh. they were little. And then uh-huh. uh, kind of on and off for years, I was a union organizer. And then I've mostly been a podcaster and on and off a saxophonist in recent years. And so uh, I always thought... And what about your reading now? Because I'm sorry, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but I know you've been studying some astrology. That's true. I've also been tarot reading. That's very true. So I I do a lot of uh, (laughs) uncommon things. And I've always thought, oh, man, that I I hope my kids think all of that is cool. And I realize now that it's just what their dad does. Like they don't they don't think about like I always thought in my brain. I thought, oh, man, what if my dad was a radio DJ? That would be. That would be pretty cool. And then I realized my kids don't care about that at all. It's just their dad's job. They don't think it's cool. I've met tons of great musicians. They they don't care. And I don't mean they don't care like in a mean way, but it's just it's just what dad does. Is there no is there normal? Exactly. Exactly. So right. I, I wonder about I kind of wonder that about Daniel too. Or like the you know, the children of any of any musician or, you know, artist or anything who to the to the adult in that relationship, what they're doing is really out of the mainstream. But for their child, it is the mainstream because it's what their parent does and has created around them. I kind of I wonder what Daniel will think about that. So far, I think Daniel thinks mommy is very cool because I've been volunteering a lot in his school, bringing music and participated, and then from my release album. A group of parents from his class uh, found find out who I am, and they surprised me, and they all came to see me. So then his friends in the classroom were like, my dad and my mom are going to see your mom today, you know? So for him, and then he comes to the first show in the first set, and I acknowledge his presence because he's been so cool 
you know, and uh, kind and uh, understanding of those weeks or those hours that I can really take him to the playground because I have a rehearsal and he needs to be with me. And I share that one of the songs in the album I wrote for him. I finished writing the lyrics a few days before giving birth to him. And he was just like so excited. He sometimes, even when I, he doesn't know the, 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 the length of this. So I say good morning to someone on the street. And he said to me, mommy, you said good morning to everybody. And everybody said good morning to you. Everybody likes you because of your music. And it's <laughs> like, no, honey, it's just, it's just, that's something that you do when, you know, just, you know, our neighbors. Not everybody knows that mommy sings. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's really great. Um, <laughs> so talking about turning pages, I love this album, but I also know that I'm uh, that I'm missing something important because I don't speak Spanish. So I wonder if you could uh, maybe we could even just start with the first track and and could you tell me something about mm-hmm. that song and and kind of what it means and what it means to you? Sin sonrisas, sin despertar. Agüita de corazón pa pasar la pena. Son ilusiones que vienen y van. This is so important that you sharing this because I'm just finishing translating the songs and I decide I'm going to make a page called Turn Pages and my website where all the songs, the lyrics are going to be there because as a foreign person and someone who didn't speak the language when I moved here and when I was able to communicate, I know how important it is to know. So, Agüita de Corazón means um, in Chile, we we make tea for everything. You know, you have a headache, we make your tea. You have, I don't know, your tummy hurts, your knee hurts, you couldn't sleep. We make tea for everything. You name it. So I call this song Agüita de Corazón, which means a little tea or a little water for your broken heart. So as you're sipping this tea, you're reminiscing on things that you're trying to collect yourself and understand certain things that happen sometime in our life that can break our heart. And it's so hard to understand. In the process, we might resist to accept or even understand. You go through corners and through places that you're trying to hold that memory almost thinking and hoping that you can bring everything back and that what maybe you are experiencing is just a bad dream. But this tea, it helps you in the process of healing your heart. 
So I have two follow-up questions about that. Uh, I'll I'll do mm-hmm. the I'll do the less serious one first. What what kind <laughs> of tea is there? A, like a particular like a national tea of Chile that you know like there's mate in in uh, Argentina. I think Are, is there a okay. tea like that in in Chile? Well, we drink mate in Chile too, but it's some companies who have made different type of tea. And then as I grew up and it's still very popular in our culture is basically you go in your backyard and you pick, you know, some leaves of this or that and each family make their own, you know, it's a very homemade thing, you know? Oh, that's great. I really love that. Um, and then I mm-hmm. just, I want to ask you kind of related to the lyrics of this song. We just certainly don't have to get into all the details of your your personal life, but much, mm-hmm. you know, much like mine, it's had a lot of ups and downs. And I wonder, was mm-hmm. there ever a time when you thought maybe I just should do something easier than try to be an artist? You know, maybe that uh, actually way to live. yesterday I was just thinking, that, <laughs> you know, I kind of hoped yesterday, you were going to say like, just... yeah, 10 years ago, I thought, but I decided no, what you I said just... yesterday. No, never. 10, <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have never think of that. But uh, yesterday, I was just having a conversation with a colleague, you know, musician fellow, and a few, another one uh, that things are very tough for musicians and that, you know, some people are thinking of going into different business you know and as i'm walking home um i'm thinking man things are rough i'm a mom i'm a single mom maybe i should really think about going uh, to a different business maybe real estate and do this on the side maybe go to school and get a degree to teach i don't know you know i was i was just thinking about it i'm so interested that you that you mentioned this <laughs> And, you know, it's not the lack of not wanting to do this, you know, people like us, we love what we do. And I mean, I moved, I moved to this country because of the music. Uh, but then again, you know, you become a parent and you're not anymore the most important person in the universe, but your child, you know, and their needs and and things, you know, so you... In my situation, being um, I'm not the new flavor of the month, you know, I'm not as young as I used to. I'm not a legend or old enough either. So I'm kind of in between. <laughs> so as the days is kind of scary because I took really a chance on something that I don't know, you know, how it's going to go. You just hope and wish for the best. Don't. 
turning corners, tempting fate, flying circles and the I think there's a real struggle, uh, at least I know there is for me, when when you have kind of an artistic vision for your life, and then you have children. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. You, you said that thing about, now that you have children, you're not the most important person in your universe. And I, I, of course, mm-hmm. I agree with that. But I also, there's a part of me also that, and I, I my guess is this struggle is inside a lot of parents, that feels like having children doesn't mean you abandon who you were. It just, it, no. it deepens no, who no, you No, 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 not at all. Yeah. It's, it's even more. It's just you change the priorities because someone literally needs you, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to go and hang out or take a tour that is going to take me 10 days away from my kid and I'm going to come with no money, for example. You know, because I need to pay for swimming lessons, whatever, you know, you want to go to work uh, and do what you love and get paid. And it's not that you want to be rich, which I would not mind to become rich. And that's why I play the lottery every week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, you hope that maybe the way the business is, is that maybe one of my songs will be picked by someone, you know, a commercial, a movie, you know, something that can give you a little more room to breathe and continue doing this, but we all have to pay bills. And and now as a parent, the certain priorities are about the child. And that's just the truth for any parent, you know? I will try to avoid going on a long anarchist rant right now, but it, it's every time I have a conversation like this with anyone who has an mm-hmm. artistic dream, it brings mm-hmm. home again how how backwards the priorities of our society are. That rather yeah. than supporting the creation of beauty and things that make our lives better. We just force everyone right. to work enough to survive so they can keep working so they right. can survive. And we just... So that's the goal of the people that control all this society because I can tell you, and I'm sure you were a proactive parent for what I'm getting from you, like the amount of parents that volunteers in schools to bring art, to bring music, because public schools don't have it. So if it's not the parents who maybe are musicians or actors or just people that love and support and they know how important it is, the kids don't have it, you know? And like you just said, we're going backwards. Yeah, music and art is always the first thing that gets sacrificed, you know, in with the school Which budget. Which should be the priority. I agree. You know? I think I would rather my kid have a music than, than I don't know math at some point Me too. the music you learn math <laughs> you yeah, know what right. I mean 
and you learn how to have come so much in it. I mean, we're going really deep on this. I mean, it's been so many studies by science, people that are not musicians, science that have proved that music is an important element in human life in different stages. When you are raising a child, when people are in coma, with children that have certain disabilities, it's just been proved and proved and proved. And I, we just don't want to hear it. It's like global warming. Everybody thinks it's a joke. And it's just like, yeah, you know, yeah. it is not. And then they, they think it's a joke and then they wonder why their feet are getting wet <coughs> as right, the water, right, <laughs> all the water right, rises. Right. Oh, my God, it was a flood. Sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, say, no <laughs> I say all the time about music um that it's really the it's the only thing that has always been there in my life like there have been yeah. times when my family and i have been you know not really speaking there have been times when i've i mean i've been homeless mm-hmm. before you know i've been just on the road traveling but the one thing that has always been there for me is music i just for, in my life it is the most the most important thing and i you know i obviously i don't mean like I love it more than my kids or something, but I do mean that it is there more than anything else. I mean, my, my kids are a fairly recent even, thing. You know. Well, but even that, you know, I feel the same way as you. Music is the only thing who's always been there because even my child, my child, I don't own him. I'm just an instrument to take care of him. And I'm very honored. I was chose to be his mom, but he's eight years old and he's, his own person, you know, you know, also I want to do this and I want to show my child that whatever he wants to be in life, it doesn't matter as long as he has commitment and passion. I want him to be that, that kid who's going to say, mom, I want to go and work and decide to dedicate my life to uh, the science and to investigate and find the cure for blah, 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 blah. If that's his passion, I'm all with it. Because I think if the world will have more people that follow their call and their passion, we will have a world who has people that are more committed to their own world. And for that reason, the world that we share. Walking grace, have 
until I and I think it may seem like we're not really talking about the record when we talk about these things, but actually I think the opposite is true. And we are. I, I think we are exactly talking about this record. And I and to me we're talking about the way you make music because as I said at the very beginning, the thing that I've always loved about your music is that I feel like it is completely honest and it is completely you. And when I listen to this record, I think again like oh man, I'm just I feel so lucky that uh you know claudia decided to make another record so that we could hear more about what she thinks about life and more about how she feels about the world because it's just so it's so beautiful and it's so true and i think turning pages is really important i think you know everybody should hear this record because it's it's important to hear the heart of other people in the world and this album is a chance to do that i think it's really really beautiful for that reason. And I think, I don't know if it's for you, but for me, some songs in music, even though I have not composed it, songs are there to speak for you. Because I may have write, written a song, you know, that means X, Y, Z for me. But somebody will listen and it will mean a completely different thing for that person. And that's the beauty. But you can take music and place it in your life in a way that you only know how that song or that melody speaks to you. And it's just amazing. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Um, I want mm-hmm. to make sure that we mention the other musicians on this album because uh, it's a, yes, a really wonderful collection of people. So will you talk yeah. about who's on this album with you? Uh, first, uh, it was produced uh, by Juancho Herrera, who also is the guitar player in the record. And on bass is Carlos Henderson, acoustic and electric bass. Um, and Yayo Cerca on drums and different percussion. Uh, Pablo Vergara on piano and keyboard. And as a special guest, I have Gregoire Moret on harmonica in one song, which it was just amazing. That man is just a beautiful man and musician. He's one of of those players where when the first note played, like I listened to this record before I read the liner notes. And as soon as he started Mm -hmm. playing, I was like, oh, there's Gregoire. (laughs) You can just tell immediately. Yeah, He's, he's one of a kind and... My goodness, he's that kind of musician that will move and make your your, your skin go like a chicken, you know, when you yeah. get goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's just wonderful, and I feel extremely blessed that this group of men put themselves to help me to write this part of my story, you know. And it's just, I feel very blessed and lucky to have friends like this. Are there chances for people to hear this music live coming up? I'm going to be so far, uh, I will be performing on the 22nd, two songs for the ceremony because we're nominated for best album for the independent musical world. And I was invited to perform two songs. So I'm going to do that. And then so far, I was 
uh, book to be part of the Brick Jazz Festival uh, in October in Brooklyn. And like I mentioned earlier, knocking on doors and we're trying to get some bookings to come and remind people that I'm still around and share turning pages with the uh, music lovers. Well, my guest for this episode has been Claudia Acuna. Her new album is Turning Pages. It's really, really wonderful, and uh, you should go buy it immediately and tell all your friends. Uh, it's so <laughs> great to talk to you again. Thank you so much for doing this, and I, I wish you all the best. Thank you, Jason. The same to you. It's been a pleasure, as always. If you like what you just heard, become a member for five bucks a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. Thanks to this week's guest, Claudia Acuna. Thanks also to the Respect Sextet for the theme music. You'll find them online at respectsextet.com. Dave Rabel designed the logo. You can find the show on social media, facebook.com slash thejazzsession, Twitter at jazzsesh, Instagram at thejazzsession, YouTube at thejazzsession.com slash YouTube. I post a clip from the archives each weekday at 1 p.m. on Instagram and Twitter, so follow me there so you can see those cool clips. Please do rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this program. A nice five-star rating and a nice review goes a long way to helping other people find this program. I have a newsletter that comes out twice a month. You can find it at thejazzsession.com, and I put out a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, it's the final episode of Season 11. My guest will be Ashley Daneman, whose new record, People Are Fragile, is one of the best albums of 2019. So come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. 